chapter 10, the entire chapter, verses 1 to 48, and will be read by the two of us. <clears throat> At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian Regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? he asked. The angel answered, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the tenor, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat, and while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out, asking if Simon, who was there, known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you, so get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Peter went down and said to the men, I am the one you were looking for. Why have you come? The men replied, We have come from Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to ask you to come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the men into his house to be his guests. The next day, Peter started out with them, and some of the believers from Joppa went along. The following day, he arrived in Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said. I'm only a man myself. While talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, You are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile, but God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection, 
May I ask why you sent for me? Cornelius answered, Three days ago, I was in my house praying at this hour at three in the afternoon. Suddenly, a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer and remembered your gifts to the poor. Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He is a guest in the home of Simon the tenor, who lives by the sea. So I sent for you immediately, and it was good of you to come. Now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he was the one whom God had appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. This is the word of the Lord. All right, great. Well, thanks for reading, praying, leading. Another uh, very famous passage from the book of Acts. And uh, yeah, may God speak to us. Now, as we start, I want to do a, a little test. And it's interesting to see what you think. So, as most of you know, we have three daughters. Now, I wanted to ask do they look more Asian or more Western? Do they look more Asian or more Western? Okay, think about it for five seconds. Okay, can you raise your hand if you think they look more Asian? Okay. And who thinks they look more Western? Okay. And the rest thinks they don't look like, like anything. <laughs> I don't know. 
<laughs> now the answer is they, uh, of course, they, they, they look, they're, yeah, they're half Asian, half Western. Now what's interesting, um, well, those who thought they were Western were just Chinese just now. I didn't see any Westerners thinking that. Um, on the other hand, most Westerners thought they looked Asian. We've seen that before. But, um, for some reason, people have a bias, don't they? You know, uh, Asians, they are used to Asians. And they see what's, what's different. And Western people were used to Westerners. And we, we see what's different. I don't know if you've noticed that. I mean, you walk here through Hong Kong, loads of different people. Who do you notice? You know, I'm a Westerner. Uh, I see loads of Chinese people, but I notice the Westerners, and I always want to wave and smile. I mean, I've never met them before, but I, I feel a connection to them, right? I think that's just, uh, I mean, that's normal. That's just uh, how human beings are. You know, we naturally focus on those who are like us, with whom we have things in common. We notice them because, you know, that uh, it helps us in a big group to look after the people who belong to us. Just a normal bias. But it's not always helpful. I mean, sometimes this bias can be something negative, right? It can be linked to racism, where some people groups, well, you, know, you may notice them, but you don't even, you know, they're, they're not very important. They're second-class citizens. I think uh, if you're a helper, maybe you experience some of that. Do people hold the door open for you or not? Um, two weeks ago, we talked about racism here as well with Chapter 8. But most of us, we're just not aware, isn't it? We just, we, we don't think about that. It just programmed in. But it means, yeah, we can be blind to others, blind to those who are different. And the, the problem is that maybe God is doing something much bigger. And that's what we're going to see today. God is doing something much bigger than our own little world. And we need to be challenged to look outside the people we just naturally notice, to everyone. And God here is opening the eyes to the Jewish church, to the Gentiles. And back then the world consisted of, uh, of two types of groups, Jews and Gentiles. And Jews, we still have them, right? They're very distinctive, very separate. And they didn't really mix. Uh, they were, Jews were God's chosen people, and Gentiles, well, that's the rest of the world, and the other nations. And they had a pretty bad attitude to them. And you see it here in the passage. I think you heard it. Eh? Peter said, well, it's, it's against the law for me to come into the house of a Gentile, you know. Uh, uh, later, people in chapter 11 get angry. Peter, you went to Gentiles. Um, Jewish men, they used to pray in the morning, uh, blessed are you, God, because you didn't make me a Gentile. I think for them it was, you know, they prayed it initially as a kind of privilege. You know, I'm so privileged that I've got, you know, your words. But you can see how where that leads to, right? I once read somewhere, uh, someone made a law that, you know, if you are a Jew but you see a Gentile woman giving birth, you are not allowed to help them because you would be bringing another Gentile into the world. I mean, that's, that's grim, isn't it? But, yeah, you can see what kind of attitude people used to have. What was, was that right? I mean, some of it comes from the Old Testament. The Old Testament has a very big focus. Yeah, you should be separate. But that was religious, right? These people, they worship other gods in the wrong ways. So, okay, don't mix with them. You know, keep your worship of the true God pure. But it doesn't mean they're inferior. 
God always had a real concern for the, uh, for the, for the whole world. He spoke to Abraham, and when he kind of started the Jewish nation, he said, well, through you, the whole world will be blessed. It's always been God's plan. And later, that gets repeated in the prophets, uh, when God is announcing what Jesus is going to do. Here's a promise from Isaiah to Jesus. It is too small a thing for you to be my servant, to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles, that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. Uh, you're not going to just save Israel, you're going to save people from all nations. Uh, the ends of the earth, when Jesus says that in Acts chapter 1, that's, he hasn't made it up, he just repeats what he said in the Old Testament. But uh, I don't think the Jews didn't really, yeah, they didn't really listen. Yahweh was the God of Israel, and he came to save Israel, and the Gentiles, well, they were excluded. They were unclean, unacceptable, and uh, yeah, you don't need them. And this chapter, therefore, is such a shock, because the gospel is going to Gentiles. And that's why it's repeated three times, chapter 10, chapter 11, chapter 15, just like last week. You know, things have changed with Jesus. The lines are redrawn, and that's so important. Uh, Gentiles is the rest of the world. What happens here means that the whole world is included. Uh, it's such a big boundary to be crossed. Now, of course, two weeks ago, the gospel went to the Samaritans. Uh, that was a big boundary. But it was, you know, from the Jews to the half-Jews. Samaritans, that was... If you know your Bible, the northern and southern kingdom, and they split, and they came back together. A big boundary, but it was still, you know, Jews and half-Jews. It's like the, the Hong Kong Chinese and the mainland Chinese being together without prejudice. You know, that's a good thing, but it's not yet the whole world. Here, yeah, Gentiles. So, what do we see? Let, let, let's first, yeah, go through the story, which is all about converting Cornelius. Converting Cornelius. We leave Paul, we get back to Peter, get some of his ministry in chapter 9, and then we're introduced in verse 1 to Cornelius. Let me read verse 1 and 2. At Caesarea there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing he gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. And here was, I mean, Italian regiment, maybe he was even from Rome, but he, uh, he believed in the God of Israel. He was a God-fearer. Now, a, a God-fearer, you know, he believes in the right God and he prays and that kind of thing, but he was still a Gentile. He was not a Jew. Uh, Gentiles could become Jews, but that meant kind of taking on the law and especially circumcision. And so if you're a man, eh, you know, that's not really, uh, you know, the, the cost is a bit too great. I don't know how the, maybe that's how the Ethiopian became a eunuch, I don't know. But uh, Cornelius, yeah, he was God-fearer but a Gentile. He was still outside the people. He was not included. But he gets a visit from this angel. Uh, Cornelius, God has heard your prayers. Go to uh, send someone to Joppa and get Peter. He's got a message for you. So the uh, camera switches to Joppa. There's Peter, he's hungry, on the roof, falls into a trance, and he gets this vision. 
this crazy vision with this sheet with all kinds of animals. I don't know if you, if you didn't know the story. What was that picture on your bulletin this morning? But uh, yeah, uh, why this? Well, what is Peter told to do? Eh? This sheet full of animals, verse 13. A voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. And Jews had these food laws. You could only eat kosher food. And, you know, this is uh, uh, not kosher. All these animals, you could only eat, I don't know, uh, cows or chickens, and only if they were killed properly. And Peter is a good Jew. But the voice doesn't say, well done, Peter. You know your laws. He gets rebuked. Verse 15. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. You know, God has made, if God has made something clean and if God accepts it, you should accept it. And Peter is wondering about it. It happens three times. Must have been quite an experience. And then these messengers from Cornelius arrive and the spirit says, okay, go with them. It's so clear, just like the past two weeks. Can you see again God's initiative? It's not Cornelius' idea. It's not Peter's idea. This is, you know, God directing it and sending the Spirit, sending visions. He, he is arranging it. Eh? Jesus wants Gentiles, and he's making that happen. But Peter obeys, uh, goes to Cornelius. He finds a large group of people. And, uh, yeah, Peter is starting to get it. Verse 28, he said to them, You are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. Yeah, unclean is, uh, yeah, that's, that's gone. And so, uh, yeah, what's up? What's, why do you need me? Well, I had this angel who told me to get you because you have a message for me. All right. Uh, wow. An angel. And Peter, yeah, verse 34, he gets it. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. Wow, God is not just for the Jews only. It's people from every nation. Why? Well, end of verse 36. Announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. That's the thing. Peter realizes, oh yeah, Jesus is Lord of all. All nations, he's Lord of all. He's the king of the whole world. He made the whole world, he rules the whole world, not just the Jews. And so, yeah, people from all nations can be saved. So Peter explains the gospel. Well, you've heard about this man Jesus, and he did all these good things, and he was killed, but he was raised, and we've seen him. And, you know, that shows he's not just anyone, he's the king, the Lord. Uh, Verse 42, he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. Uh, He's told us to preach the coming judgment, but there's good news from the Old Testament. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Everyone can be forgiven. Everyone can escape the judgment. And then as they hear this, this amazing thing happens the Spirit comes. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. 
the circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles. For they heard him speaking in tongues and praising God. Amazing, the Spirit, the promised gift. And, 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 and that seals it for Peter. Okay, well, it's very clear. Gentiles can be Christians. Can anyone stop them getting baptized? And so they get baptized. Uh, just to say that it doesn't mean tongues is always happening. This is another Pentecost. This is a repeat of chapter 2. Peter just had, to sh had such a clear sign that these people had the Spirit, that they were saved, that yeah, God gave this huge visible evidence. But Peter, yeah, he sees it. Gentiles are included. And so the big point, I, I hope you see that, eh? all can be saved. All can be saved. Jesus is Lord of all, and, and all can be saved. Not just the Jews and the half-Jews and uh, those who've become Jews, no, Gentiles. A centurion from Rome, from the hearts of the Gentile world, became a Christian. And if it's Gentiles, it's the ends of the earth. No need to become Jewish first. The Jewish Messiah, no, he's the Lord of all, the whole world, and his forgiveness and his love are for the whole world. No one is unclean. No one is, by definition, excluded. Anyone can be saved. Maybe you don't think that's that special, we're used to it, but how many Jewish believers are here? Can you raise your hand if you're a Jewish believer? Okay. So there would just be no shot in church, right? All of us would be excluded. And maybe we wanted to believe in this God, but we, we, we just couldn't get in. We couldn't be saved. Think about that. This chapter means, yeah, you can be... That's why you can be in. Yeah? Wherever you're from. Here it's so clear. The gospel is for everyone, every nation, every background, every gender, every, everything. And so, yeah, if, if you're here and you're not a Christian, for, for you too, you can be saved. It doesn't matter where you're from, who you are. Jesus offers you forgiveness. He's the Lord of all. He made you. He is the king over you. He will judge you, but he now offers you forgiveness. And just come to him. Just believe. It's a wonderful offer. And, and just to say, some of the things sounded a bit funny in the reading. It's important to say... Uh, all need to be saved. All can be saved, but also all need to be saved. Cornelius still needed Jesus because it, it sounds like he was such a good man, right? Uh, verse 4, Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. The angel answered, well, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. You know, you're so good, God has noticed you. It can sound like that, right? Or in Peter's speech, verse 34. Huh? I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know, God accepting everyone who fears him and does what is right. But Cornelius still needed Jesus. The angel didn't say... Cornelius, I've got good news for you. You're going to heaven. He says, Cornelius, go and get Peter. He's got a message by which you will be saved. Eh? Cornelius still needed Jesus. I, I think it's really fair that God, you know, he was the first Gentile. This guy was really seeking God, and God, you know, honored that. But he still needed Jesus. 
because some of us, we sometimes wonder about, you know, good people of other religions. You know, he, he was a really good person. They believe in a God. They are kind and generous. God will let them into heaven, right? It's easy to think that. Well, isn't it Cornelius? He is, a, he is a wonderful guy. He's not a Christian, but he's, you know, he's a good person. But he still needs the gospel. Yeah, so those people all over the world, maybe very sincere, very good, maybe better than others, but they still need the gospel. That's important. Because deep down, of course, none of us are good enough, right? We've all rejected God in so many ways. We've all, yeah, lived for ourselves. And so, yeah, all need Jesus. Uh, you need Jesus if you're here. And you see, Cornelius, you know, you can be very close and still need Jesus. You know, he, he feared God, he prayed, he gave to the poor, he, you know, he, he was a God-fearer, he believed in the true God. This was not enough. And maybe you're here and you're not a Christian, but you go to church every week and you respect the Bible and you think Christians are good and you believe there's a God and you do many good things. It's not enough. You still need to Jesus, right? You still need to come to him. And what does that look like? Well, the Bible says repent and believe. You need to... Well, repent is when you turn around. We all go our own way. We need to turn the other way. Turn back to him. Uh, leave our, our sins behind. And start following Jesus as, as, as our Lord and King. Because that's, that's what he is. The resurrection shows it. Huh? Uh, repentance. But then also believe. You trust him. You trust that he died for you. That he rose for you. Uh, that, his forgive, that his death brings you forgiveness. And that you come to God, not because you've done so many good things, but because he paid the price for what you've done wrong and, and he forgives you. Yeah, repent and believe. And, and that's for everyone. Even if you're here and you think, well, I'm not that good. And last week, you know, Jesus came to a murderer who wasn't seeking him. He could be saved. Anyone can be saved. Now, I think that's important. And yet this is just a means to an end. Uh, I call it converting Cornelius, but actually Cornelius didn't much converting, did he? He was already seeking God, and he just needed to hear the message. Who really needed converting? Who really needed his mind changed in this chapter? Actually, it was Peter, wasn't it? Peter needed persuading. Peter needed his mind changed. He preached everywhere, didn't preach to Gentiles. The whole church didn't preach to Gentiles. I mean, you can see that actually Peter is the focus. I mean, uh, it starts with chapter 9, the real spotlight, it's on Peter. Yeah, he does these miracles, real copies of Jesus' miracles. You know, here is Peter, Jesus' representative, the number one apostle. It's interesting that he's staying with a tanner. I don't know if you've noticed that, Simon the Tanner. A tanner is someone who kind of prepares animal skins. He works with dead animals. Under Jewish law, he's unclean, but Peter is staying with him. I don't know, is he, is he a hypocrite, you know? I, I can stay with tanners, but not with Gentiles. Or is already clean and unclean in his mind? Uh, it's Peter who gets the big vision, right? Cornelius just needs one angel. 
Peter, he three times he gets the vision. And even then, then the spirit needs to tell him, go with these guys. Peter needs persuading. And indeed the whole church. We didn't read 11, 1 to 18, but, you know, uh, 11 verse 1. The apostles and the believers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him and said, you went into the house of uncircumcised men and ate with them. And they're, they're angry, they criticize him. Hey, Peter, what do you think you're doing? And then Peter, yeah, he, he tells the whole story again. The vision, the angel, the spirits, yeah. These guys have become Christians just like we have. And then, yeah, the church, they get the message, they see it. So actually what's happening is the conversion of Peter, conversion of the church. Yeah? And so it means all should be welcome from our perspective. We should see that, yeah, we should see that the gospel is for everyone. We should see that everyone is welcome and, and we should reach out to everyone, every nation, every background, every, uh, yeah, every gender, every education level. Jesus is Lord of all, all people. I mean, how about our evangelism? Who do we try to reach out to? I think here at the church, we often, I mean, we emphasize network evangelism, is what it's called. Basically, uh, try to share the gospel in your, your networks. Uh, God has put you somewhere in an office or something or in a neighborhood, and he's put you there. That's your, your front line where God wants to use you. So try to reach out to the people God has already brought into your life. And that's important. That's really good. But at the same time, they tend to be people like you. So if you're a lawyer, who are the people you work with? Lawyers, right? You're a lawyer, you're going to reach lawyers. You're a teacher, you're going to reach teachers. Even for me, you know, uh, who are my friends? Well, ICS parents, uh, usually white middle-aged men like me. <laughs> and they're my friends. And that's, you know, that's the people you get on with, the people you have things in common with. And yet the gospel is also for those we have nothing in common with. The people we ignore, the people we just don't notice. I, I was really challenged last Wednesday. So I, I was going to St. Andrews on Nathan Road in Simsatsoy. And you probably know there's all these, uh, it's, it's full of tailors, right? You walk on the street, uh, hello, my friend, do you want a, a suit or a shirt? And they try to sell you, uh, sell you this stuff. And I, I just avoid them, right? I'm too busy. I don't listen to them. Uh, I had lunch with someone from another church, and we walked past one of those guys. And, and then my friend said, hey, my friend, how are you? You know, how are you doing? Did you read that gospel tract I gave you last week? You know, my friend had been sharing the gospel with uh, this tailor. You know, one of the people that I just ignored, he had been sharing the gospel. And I felt so rebuked. You know, here are people I've just been ignoring. You know, this, this guy, yeah, he's an Indian background, but a Muslim. And he thinks he's done enough good deeds to go to heaven. <laughs> Which means he really needs Jesus, right? Look at Cornelius. I'm so glad my, my friend is sending. And you know, there's probably 50,000 Muslims in Hong Kong or more, who is reaching out to them. It's really a challenge to me. Now, of course, there are barriers. It's not easy to share with everyone. The gospel is a message. It involves words. Words need a language. 
And so with my level of Chinese, it's very hard for me to share with people who don't, yeah, who don't speak English or Dutch. <laughs> or, yeah. So it's great to see missionaries learning a new language to bring the gospel to other places. But plenty of people here speak English, you know? How aware are we of all these other people? Uh, Jesus is Lord of all. Uh, how, yeah, are there people you just don't notice? Are, are there people where, you know, we have blind spots for? And people you exclude that you're, you're not interested in because you think maybe Jesus isn't interested. And I, I think our church will be a good barometer for that, a good testing place. You know, we, we are an international church, it's great. You know, uh, we have a staff who were born in eight different countries, it's, it's, it's great. But, but are we one church or are we just uh, a few separate groups who worship together? I mean, what do we see later at refreshments? I hope we see one church. But sometimes, you know, the, there's the young adults talking to the young adults and the middle-aged Chinese talking to the middle-aged Chinese and uh, the Filipinas with the Filipinas and the ICS teachers with the ICS teachers and, you know, that, that's natural. It's the people we have things in common with, we get on with. But the church should be supernatural, right? The spirit is here, you know? <laughs> we should be unlike the world, a place where our helpers are, are, are respected and, you know? <laughs> so, so, yeah, how aware are we of others in the church? I mean, that would be a good test. You know, two weeks ago, of course, we were challenged on racism. Maybe some of us look down on others. You know, I'm glad they're here so they can do refreshments, but I don't care about them. But for most of us, like me, we can just be unaware, right? We're not aware of all the people here. So let's try and change that. I, I hope this week, try and be aware of everyone. But, but let's start now. Five minutes later, refreshments. Can you talk to someone who is different from you? Okay, today. I mean, if you meet a newcomer who is just like you, of course, talk to them. Newcomers come first. But then try to speak to someone who is very different from you. Just open your eyes to how Jesus is Lord of all. And may that, yeah, change us. Because, you know, Jesus is Lord of all. He's saving people from all over the world. We see it here. And, and yeah, let's make sure we're on board with that. Let's make sure we are playing our part. Great.